Well, look, it's my uh, privilege, really, to just welcome Chris Spicer and uh, Tina as well, his wife. Just such a beautiful, lovely couple and really good friends of many of us already in the room. There's people that go back more years than I do, I think, with Chris. Uh, and he's just been an incredible encouragement. He's got a real love for us as a church. And uh, although Chris doesn't come to our church, I think the last time he came was last year, this time, around this time. Uh, we meet up every now and again and we talk about preaching and things and the Bible. And he's just such a great encouragement and support and mentor and friend. So I just want you to welcome Chris. Can we give him a Jubilee-style welcome as he comes to preach? Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Good to see faces. Hi. Good to see faces I know and some that I don't know. Okay, um, because of time, let me just share one or two words that I have. And, and I would say for you as a church, you know, it's sometimes you don't know what you've got until you go elsewhere. There's a real sense of God's presence here. And... Um, you know, just knowing the song and the ministering that was going on in the worship time, it was precious. And just sensing a little bit of you singing unto the Lord and allowing that song, that everyone has a song within them, and when you become a redemptive individual, that song is redeemed, and therefore you can use that song in order to praise God. But I want you to know, and this is where I'm feeling the Spirit of God is saying to you as a church, this is not it. This is just the hors d'oeuvres. This is just the starter. The main menu is yet to come. And if you want to know what's on the menu, listen to some of the prophetic words that have come to this church. Read the New Testament and see what God has in store. But this is wonderful. You know, and when you're, one of the leaders has to say, hey, whoa, can we stop? Can we stop? Oh, no. But this is not it. It's just the hors d'oeuvre. Okay, what I want to share with you this afternoon... Um, in the time that I have, I want to take an Old Testament story and I want to uh, use it as a backdrop to what I want to share. And what I'm sharing on is, is what I'm calling positioning ourselves for breakthrough. Positioning ourselves for breakthrough. Because along with many, I believe we're on the edge of something phenomenal. I believe not only as individual churches, as individuals, we're on the edge of something phenomenal in God. A spiritual tsunami is coming our way. I believe heaven is going to open like the, the ark being prepared by Noah and the, the ground open and the heavens open. I believe what God has been working on in previous years has been completed to a sense. Now we need the, the windows of heaven to open and the floodgates of the earth to be broken and to see God do a phenomenal thing. And God is going, I personally believe God is going to do something phenomenal within this nation. And I'll put my attachment to it. I do not believe it will be a copycat move. I believe it will be a unique move of God to this nation. That we will not seemingly import from another nation, but it will be something of God amongst us doing phenomenal things. And so with that in mind, I want to talk about this whole thing of positioning ourselves for breakthrough. Positioning ourselves for breakthrough. To be like a surfer watching the waves. 
in order to catch the wave of the Spirit and to ride the Spirit, uh, to ride, as it were, the move of the Spirit. It's funny in worship. You know, you talked about a river. I saw you as a church on some, some white water rafting. And I saw Rob in the back of the raft. He was having the time of his life. Some of you were hanging on for grim death. This is adventure. This is great, Rob. Go for it. But Rob was at the back. He was steering and he was taking you down these, these white water, uh, rapids. And that's how the move of God is going to be. There's going to be an element of risk about it. There's going to be an element of which it's radical. But you will know, God, this is heaven on earth. It's like a sailor who uh, seeks to catch the wind. And we want to position ourselves to catch the wind of the Spirit. To say, which way are you blowing, Spirit of God, that we might go with you? So positioning ourselves for breakthrough. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read from um, the book of Joshua. It's a well-known story, Joshua chapter 6. Spirit of God, just help us, I pray. Speak to us, minister to us as individuals, and as well as a corporate gathering here today, that we might know the heart of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, and I'm reading from an ESV translation. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went in and none came out. I think this is one of the biggest contradictions of the Old Testament Scripture. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've given you Jericho into your hand with its kings and mighty men of valor. Verse 3, You will march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And all the wall and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, every one straight before him. So Joshua the son of Nun called all the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the law, the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go, be, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. And as, just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven ram's horns before the Lord, went forward blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not make a sound, or make a voice your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. You will not make a sound, a word will not go out of your mouth 
until I tell you to shout. There's a positioning of the warriors. There's a positioning of the worshippers. And there's a positioning of the walkers. As they position themselves to go round the walls of Jericho. Now just to give a little bit of backdrop here, and I'm sure you're familiar. God brought a nation out of Egypt with one sole purpose in mind. I'm bringing you out to bring you in. I'm bringing you out of bondage by the the merits of a lamb that is slain and the blood applied to you, the lintel and the doorposts of your house. And I am bringing you out to bring you into a land that I am promising to you. A land that in poetic language is described as flowing with milk and honey. Now don't build your theology on hymns. Canaan is not heaven. Canaan is a type of life in the Spirit. It's knowing the fruit of the Spirit. It's knowing the flow of the Spirit. It's knowing the sweetness, the honey of the Spirit's character within our lives. It's coming into life in the Spirit. And God is bringing us out of our bondage that we were in before knowing Jesus Christ in order to bring us in to the land. Sometimes that is involving, not sometimes, always it's a journey of faith. And if we want to position ourselves, because I, I, I really believe we're on the edge of something. It's as almost as if you can taste it. And the children of Israel can see the promised land right before them. But what stands in their way is Jericho and the walls. Walls that are the height of two terraced houses on top of each other. Beyond the walls is the land which was promised to them over 40 years ago. And so they're positioning themselves for breakthrough. And here's what I want to say. If we want to position ourselves for breakthrough, it's going to take firstly faith. Faith. Not optimism, not some sort of believism, not fatalism, but divine trust in God. It's an assurance, it's a confidence that God is still in control. He's still on the throne. His word is not returning to him void without accomplishing that for which he sent it. And therefore, every prophetic word over us as individuals, every word that is over us as a church, is not going back to God without accomplishing that for which He sent it. And we need faith. Rob mentioned walls earlier, earlier on. I believe we need to see individually breakthroughs. We need to see corporate breakthroughs. And maybe one of the walls we need to see broken down is an emotional wall. Proverbs, um, Proverbs 18, 19 says, An offended brother is like a fortified city, is, is more unyielding than a fortified city. And sometimes emotionally we can build up walls. People have said things to us, and they've caused an offense. People haven't said things to us, and we've become... Well, maybe in Solihull, Hill, people don't get hurt. But in, in other parts of the world, people say things to you and you become hurt. You become offended. And emotionally, we build up uh, like a, a wall around ourselves and no one can get in. 
No one can get into our lives. We don't allow anyone into our lives because we've built this emotional wall. You aren't coming in. I've opened up my life before to others and they came in and they uh, they misused their access into my life. They abused their authority and therefore I'm building up this wall emotionally. And no one's coming in. We become citadels. We become cities that refuse uh, the authority of God to come into our life. Maybe there is an emotional wall. Maybe there is a mental wall. It's in 2 Corinthians where it talks about arguments. Where it talks about pretenses. It talks about strongholds. It talks about arguments. Things in the mind. Do you know the area I have the biggest problem with is here? Here? I once got up in church one day and said, this morning I'm going to name publicly the person in this church I have the most problems with. See everyone slide down their seats. Oh no. I'm going to name him. And all the ladies said, I'm sat up and said, oh yeah, go get him, go and get him. Uh, I'm going to name him publicly. The person I have the most problem with is, is in this church, his name is... Pause for effect. Chris Spicer. That's true. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Amen. (laughs) This is, it's us. We have the biggest challenges with ourselves. And often it's in our thought life. It's in the arguments. It's in the pretenses. It's in the, they become strongholds. You can't say, but on the ship, on a, a, a ship, uh, just above the deck, there is a piece of uh, uh, construction. You have the deck and then you have the side of the hull. And just, my, that's a wonderful picture. You'd have to, but it's that piece of the deck that stops the waves coming in. It stops it breaking in. When it says arguments that set themselves up, against the knowledge of God. It's that idea of that piece of the deck. It's those thoughts of the mind that stop the incoming wave of the Spirit. It's like when the Spirit of God wants to use you in a prophetic gift. So afterwards, no, it can't be me, God. You're making a mistake. I don't do the prophetic stuff. It's him or her. They do that stuff in this church. That's not me. God says, sunshine, it's you. I'd like to use you today. You think, oh... Lord, but I might get it wrong. I might fail. We need to allow God to break down those walls, those emotional walls. We need God to break down those mental walls. And sometimes when the Spirit of God begins to move, we can sometimes build up arguments. We can build up strongholds. When the wave of the Spirit, the tsunami is wanting to break in on our lives, we need to say, God, come on. Just wash over us. Get thoroughly soaked in the presence of the Spirit that we might be so soaked we go out into this world, and I'm saying this reverently, dripping wet with God. That wherever we go, we're just sprinkling the presence of God. And people, we don't say things, but something, we walk into a shop, we walk into a room, and somehow there is something about us being there is representative of God by the Spirit. Why? Because we are saturated, soaked. It's like I baptized my granddaughter this morning. How wonderful. I've got six grandkids, and my, uh, my, and my, one of my grandsons, Jonah, he got baptized, and, and one of my twins, 
Grace and Millie Grace want to get baptized. Say, Granddad, would you would you baptize me? Oh, I don't know about that. You know, yeah. Oh, I'm a mess. Yeah, of course I'm baptizing you. You get out of the tank and you're soaking wet. You think, God, that's how I want to leave, leave a gathering like this. Your midweek small groups, whatever you do, that when your prayer time before God, that you're getting up dripping wet with the presence of God. If we're going to position ourselves for breakthrough. I believe we have to have faith. Faith. A deep-seated trust in God. He's in charge, folks. His word is not going to return to him void. But we need a faith that faces the facts. We need a faith that faces the facts. Optimism tries to ignore reality. Positive thinking tries to put on a brave face. But faith remains strong when facing the facts. One of my favorite pieces of scripture is is Romans 4. Talking about Abraham. The NIV says, He faced the facts that his body was as good as dead. And that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being persuaded that what God had, being persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I love it. I love it. You know, if God came to me in my sixties and said, Chris, you're going to be a dad. I think, oh, Lord. I watch some of these young folk and they lose their sleep. I, That's over, God. That's over. But here's Abraham. He hears God's word and he considers the fact that he is physically beyond the age of fathering a child. But yet he doesn't waver in unbelief but considers and believes that God is able to do what He has promised. And faith faces the facts. Extreme faith doesn't face the facts. It moves in a realm of unreality. But faith understands that what is true and what is truth. Now catch this and it will help you in your Christian life. It may be true that you're a walking financial disaster. Basically, bottom line, the old, the old bank statements used to have the OD at the end, you know? Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) You know that you're, that may be true. But if I am honoring God with my tithes and my offerings and my gift, I can say in truth, Jehovah Jireh. God is my provider. That is true. When I see the deficit, but I then believe in God's assets. I believe in God's plentifulness. I believe that He is Jehovah Jireh. The diagnosis may be a bad one. The doctor's diagnosis may not be good. That is true. But the truth is, Jehovah Rafi, Rafa, he is the Lord, my healer. He is the Lord, my healer. 
And though I recognize what is true, I want to live in the truth. I see what is real. That is true. I'm, I'm facing up to that. But here's the truth. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. God has not changed one iota. He hasn't moved his position. It may be true and I'm living through one of life's greatest storms. But the truth is, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord's my peace. He's on my boat. I need a, a faith. A faith that faces the facts. And here's the third thing I want to leave with you. If we're going to position ourselves for breakthrough, and breakthrough is coming, and you may personalize this and say, as a church, you need breakthrough in Soli Hall. You need breakthrough in many areas. If we're going to see this breakthrough individually and corporately, we need a faith, a faith that faces the facts, a faith that faces the facts and sees through the problem. Sees through the problem. Anyone, anyone ever watch Patch Adams? The film Patch Adams? You ever seen it? You ever seen it? Oh, you've watched it, haven't you, Tina? Well, I... In the film, it's a great film, Patch Adams. If you've seen it, he holds, how many fingers? How many fingers? And, and he's, he's trying to get him to, to look through. He says, look through, don't see the, look through. How many, and some of you are too young to even remember this. You know, most of my preaching gets a history lesson these days, the older I get. But you remember the magic pictures? We've got one of these, if you can see. You remember them? The magic pictures, you used to look at them, that's three camels and a, a couple of dolphins. No, it's not, I have no idea what it is. But I used to look at these things and I, Tina was brilliant at them. I'm, sta- I'm staring up, looking at them, and they say to you, look through the picture. Okay, look, how do you look through a picture? But I'm staring at them, I'm looking, and suddenly things begin to appear. And you see what you cannot see because you're looking through it. What we need to do when faced with problems, challenges, we need to have a faith that looks through the problem. That looks through the situation. Let me, let me kind of try and wrap this up. I want to paint a scenario. Tell a story and then I'm through. Children of Israel walking around Jericho. This to me is an incredible walk of faith. Hebrews 11 tells us, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Now when God said to Joshua, see I've given it to you, it's yours, it's all over by the shouting. Yeah, okay, fine. Move on. God said, I want you to march around the walls once for six days. And the, I think it's the message says, don't whisper a word. Don't whisper a word. You see, the opposite of faith is doubt. And sometimes fear. I don't want you saying words of doubt. I want, when you voice something, I want you to shout. And the shout is going to be the teruah. It's the Hebrew word. It's the shout of victory that you gave, you would give after a battle's won. It's the shout you give when the harvest is gathered. It's the shout. And they're prophetically shouting before a brick has fallen. It's shouting before you see anything. This is faith. Now imagine, uh, and I'm, the scripture doesn't 
tell us really this, but I'm just kind of painting a picture. Imagine you're walking around the walls, not saying a word. You get home, you sit down for dinner, you start talking around the table. Did you see that wall? How big was that wall? Huge! I mean, it's bigger. Two-tier walls, right? You know, it's a big wall. Yeah, it's a big wall. Next day you walk around, you don't say a word. Get back home for dinner. Whose dumb idea is this? That leadership, what are they on? What are they asking us to do? It's another crazy brainstorming idea. Yeah. They walk around another day. And there comes a moment when there is a breakthrough. In every wall of opposition, there is a window of opportunity. That's so good. That's deep. In every wall of opposition, there is a window of opportunity. I would suggest... That maybe, as they walked around these walls once, big walls, impenetrable, can't say a word, be quiet. Maybe one day, someone came back to the meal table and said, did you see it? Did you see it? See what? You must have seen it. Did you see it? No. You look tomorrow. They all walk around looking. They got back to the dinner table. Did you see it? Yes. I saw it. What did you see? I saw the window. I saw the window. What window? The window with the scarlet cord hanging from it. And the house of Rahab. You remember Rahab was the woman, the prostitute who who kept the spies. And she said, I know you're coming and you're going to destroy the city. I want to be saved. And they said, if you will hang the scarlet cord out of the window, you and your household will be saved. And as they walked around the walls, maybe they looked at that scarlet cord and said, there is someone of a godless nation who is putting their trust in an almighty God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Look at the faith action there. The cord, they know we're coming in. And maybe that That created faith within them. And so on the seventh day, they could shout the shout of faith. Romans says, faith speaks. It says faith comes, comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's by that rhema word, that word that's quickened towards us. But faith speaks, speaks. Whatever we're facing. Come on, let's be honest. We're not yet making the impact in this nation that we want to make. You know, we're seeing great things happen and we rejoice in every miracle, every person who comes out of the kingdom of darkness. Into the, and I thank God, thank God for everything that's going on here. But if we're going to see the job done, we have got to see major things happen. We've got to see breakthroughs. And we've got to be people who look at others and see that, as it were, the scarlet redemptive core coming through their life and say, God, you've done it for that person. You can do it for this person. You've done it for that city. You can do it for this city. And we need to position ourselves for breakthrough. A story, and then I'm through. If you've ever traveled to the land of Holland... Much of the land in Holland is gained by taking back from the sea. And what they do, they build dikes. And they gain the land. And in certain parts of Holland, 
There's not just one dike, and particularly when it's meeting up against the ocean, against the sea. There is a series of three dikes. And each one of these three dikes is named. The dike closest to the sea is called the guarding dike. It guards against any water that would try and break in through the land. Set further back is another dike called the sleeping dike. Behind that is a third dike called the dreaming dike. Three dikes. I'm asking you seriously, where are you going to position yourself? I believe the leadership of this church need you to come at some point and say, I want you to know, Rob, Allison, I'm coming on the front line. I'm not going to be a dreamer who just dreams of things that have gone on in the past or dreaming about things that are going on in the future. I'm not going to be a sleeper who's one of like the five foolish virgins and satisfied with an infilling some years ago. I want to come right on the front line. I'm positioning myself with you shoulder to shoulder. I'm going to be part of this dike, as it were, and I want to see the breakthrough, and I'm reversing the the kind of scenario here, but I want the breakthrough of God's ocean of presence and power and His purpose to come in on me and on the whole of this, this local church. But I'm moving up. There are three types of people in the world. Those who make things happen. Those who watch things happen. And those who say, what happened? (laughs) What happened? When this is all over, I don't want to be one of those who said, what happened? Whoa! I just said, you had a mighty move of God. What happened? What, 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 What happened? I don't either want to be on the sidelines, be up in the grandstand somewhere, just looking down and say, go for it. (laughs) Great leadership. Jubilee Church, what a great leadership. Wonderful. Go for it, guys. Ladies, go for it. We're watching. Cheer you on. Give you a pat. Occasional kick. But we'll, you know. It's time for people of Christ to stand up And say, God, by your grace, by your power, I want to be part of that body of people that make things happen. No church can do it with just a few. It means everyone on board saying, what can I do? That's not my gift. That's not the issue. What can I do? But I've gone further than that. That's not the issue. What needs to be done? What can I do? Because whether or not we're in it, the tsunami is coming. I believe there's a quaking going on in the heavenlies. It's affecting the earth. It may be some way away at the moment, but there is a moving of God's power and spirit that's going to wash over this nation. It's going to flood homes. It's going to flood businesses. It's going to flood churches. It's going to submerge us in His presence. And we're going to experience something the likes of which we have never experienced before. And it will make us nervous because we've not... I know I've not seen this before. But we say, God, give us faith to face the facts and see through the problem that You will come and overwhelm us by Your power and Your strength that Your kingdom will be built. Amen? like the band to come back and 
Maybe we could sing that song again. Is any of your band left here? I was in a church this morning for this baptism and they only sang two songs. And I wrote one song down and thought that would be a great song for this afternoon. Spirit break out. Break our walls down. I wrote this in my Bible. Spirit break out, heaven come down. And when I, when I came in, the, Darren was practicing and they were singing this song. I said, Darren, you're right on. This is right on. This is what we want. We want the walls to be broken down that are in us. Emotional walls. Mental walls. Say, God, sweep over me. Sweep over me. Come, Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God. So as Darren leads this, I'm going to hand back to Rob. And just make this a prayer. Break down those walls, Lord. And let me be on the front line of what you've got planned for this nation, for this church, for this life. In Jesus' name. Amen.